so you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show through the podcast. But what you're doing is you're stealing from what you're oh, doing. Why, why do you? Why, is you're coming why, to my why? home, why? knocking food why? out of my kids' mouths. That's what you're doing. He's unstable, my friends. Don't listen to him. But this is the week we're raising money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Instead of giving us money for the podcast, how about you give money to the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station? Oh, my gosh. The work they do, soldiers, sailors, Marines, uh, a lot of whom have been terribly injured. Some PTSD, some traumatic brain injury, and when they need it the most, when they could fall through the cracks and become a statistic or or their lives just fall apart, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station is there to save them. And it's all volunteer. Over 94% of the money goes directly to the guys. I mean, their overhead is tiny. We got a goal of 300000 this week. Go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate. Armstrongandgetty.com. <laughs> the big public event for H.W. Bush and uh, Obama's going to speak. W is going to speak. Is Clinton speaking? I don't know. Almost certainly. Trump is not. That has been announced. And um, uh, that will get a lot of attention and it'll be interesting to watch. Now, the Mueller report, speaking of the current president, what that is and what it isn't. Alan Dershowitz with an interesting column in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. I'll read a little bit from coming up. It's it's worth knowing because th- that thing could drop any day, and it's worth knowing ahead of time uh, some context because the media is going to go crazy with it. Yeah, yeah, I just I, I think it's going to blow in like a hurricane, you know. And you can prepare a little bit, but <laughs> we're just going to have to deal with it when it comes. But I'll be interested to hear what the Dersha man said. Maybe he'd like to talk about vote harvesting. This passed with little attention, little discussion, virtually no media coverage in 2016 in the state of California, along strict party lines, a seemingly minor change in election law. Up until 2016, when Jerry Brown signed Assembly Bill 1921, only a relative or housemate, somebody living with you, could drop off uh, a mail ballot for another voter, an absentee ballot, a mail-in ballot, that sort of thing. It had to be your mom or your dad or your brother or your wife or, or your roommate or whatever, and they would have to sign it, and, and they would have to be them. But the new law allowed anyone, even a paid political campaign worker, to collect and return ballots, harvesting them in political slang. Strictly a public service, say the uh, Democrats. The old rules simply provide yet another obstacle for individuals attempting to vote. Always called voter suppression. Right, exactly. Uh, and so uh, the law passed in 2016 because Corruptifornia is a one-party state, and it will end up like all one-party states do uh, eventually. But the, uh, the, the true weight of this appeared in Orange County, which had been a bastion of republicanism, in a blue state for for decades. And the GOP was absolutely shocked when seven House seats in Orange County flipped to the Democrats, um, leaving Republicans controlling seven out of 53 House districts. 
Um, but everybody was shocked, and there's been a great deal of coverage of this nationwide about changing demographics and the bluing of Orange County, and et cetera, et cetera. Well, in Orange County alone, where every House seat went Democratic, that's never happened. The drop-offs of these harvested ballots was over 250,000 and said... Fred Whitaker, chairman of the county Republican Party, uh, this is a direct result of ballot harvesting allowed under California law for the first time. That directly caused the switch from being ahead on election night to losing two weeks later, because I believe in all seven of those seats that got flipped, the Republicans were leading on election night. Here is the problem. You have paid campaign workers going house to house, door to door, apartment to apartment, Trying to find out who has a ballot. Well, we've got, as, as one texture said, which neighborhoods are walked and what uh, houses are gone to. We all know that they have the ability to look at zip codes and know mm-hmm. how people vote in various zip codes. Did they only show up to the zip codes that were going to vote the way they wanted and collect the ballots there? Oh, oh yes. The answer to that is yes. Clearly, yes. Uh, whether that would be illegal or unconstitutional is an interesting question. I think the result, the the end result with that would be the other party is going to have to do the same thing. Yeah, and that is just it might be the new rules? Is it merely an extension of getting out, quote unquote, getting out the vote? Uh, but here's the, here's my problem. There is absolutely no mechanism in place to stop these professional campaign workers from collecting unfilled out ballots and filling them out. Or taking a look at a ballot before it's filled out and sealed, because because you're supposed to seal the ballot before you give it to anybody. <clears throat> then they sign the back and the rest of it. Uh, I happen to know because we do it for our kids. We did it for our kids when they were away at college. Um, there's absolutely nothing to stop the campaign worker from noting which way the voter is voting if they hadn't filled out the ballot yet or they hadn't sealed it yet. And deciding, this one I turn in, this one I don't. And doing it by the thousands and thousands. Or do they do any politicking when they show up at the House and say, have you voted yet? Here's a ballot you can fill out. Here's why you should vote yes and prop and whatever. Right. Maybe intimidatingly, maybe promising something, maybe handing them a $10 bill. Uh, who knows what? It is just, it's absolutely crazy to me that you let campaign pros go into houses, physically take the ballot and say, yeah, I'll take care of handing this in. That's unbelievable. Maybe you're okay with this, but it certainly should be getting coverage. Oh, yeah. Um, It's a wild change. It's a change in the way we vote in modern history in America, and it should be getting more coverage. We've got a couple of texts on this since we brought it up late in the show yesterday. On election night, someone knocked on my door asking if I had voted and said they could turn in my ballot for me if I hadn't. How interesting. I mean, that is right. just not something that has happened in the past. Uh, I told them I had, so then they asked for my son by name. He's registered as a Democrat, but is away at school right now, to see if he had voted. I was creeped out that they had the name and the address. They were hitting up all the neighbors. So wow. they come to your house, have you voted? Uh, yeah, I already have. How about your son, Jim? That's a little weird. <laughs> All right. Has he voted? Where's his ballot? Let me see his ballot. We got this. Jim's a Democrat. Please fill that out, and I will turn it in for him. Yeah. Uh, we got this text. Hi, guys. I'm uh, the registrar of voters for Placer County in California and a longtime fag. That's friend of Armstrong and Getty. It's an acronym. 
Thank you for listening, my friend. I can let you know that the ballot harvesting was not happening in our county, but we did see a huge last-second turnout of people who were not previously registered to vote who came in to register and vote on Election Day because of that new same-day registration law, which is part of that. I don't know yet if most of these people are registering for one party over another or registering no party preference, but I definitely know that the vast majority of these voters spent no time researching any down-ticket races before they came in to vote. Ah, okay. Um, so, it, so you know, that could just be, okay, things are different now, and both parties are going to battle it out with this these new rules. Um, I do think the... Uh, th- that's why Rock the Vote has always been so popular with uh, the media and uh, and musicians and all that sort of stuff. The more young people and non-voters you get, the better it is for uh, for Democratic policies. It just yeah. tends to be that way. Yeah. Children tend to vote for Democrats. Republicans, for whatever reason, tend to actually get in their car, or fill out ballots, go to polling places, all that sort of stuff. Another point made by... Unprovoked. Uh, made by Jeff Den- Well, the problem with the vote harvesting is it is absolutely dark, rich soil. Perfectly fertilized for vote fraud. Oh, it's going to be difficult to stop. Oh, it's it's absolutely groomed for vote fraud. Jeff Denham of Turlock, who's one of the House Republicans who saw victory slowly turn to defeat after Election Day, two weeks later agreed that California's counts should go more quickly. Counting ballots two weeks after the vote is something that Californians shouldn't have to put up with. With a certain number of people in a room in a one-party state. Right. You just have to hope that everybody's being honest. And did all these ballots that were harvested by professional campaign workers come in on time? Yeah, yeah, they came in on time. Sure they did. Well, why didn't you count them last week? Uh, we didn't know where they, we didn't see them. So now we're counting a, a little more this week. The counting went on for two weeks. And all those houses, all those uh, seats flipped. Um, one of the lessons the GOP needs to learn out of this election cycle, says Denham, is how to work within all of the new rules. Same-day voter registration, motor voters, a lot of changes in laws that I think have caught many in the party by surprise. Can't just run a trend, traditional campaign as you did before. Yeah. If one party's harvesting ballots, both parties need to do it. I, I hate the idea. I just absolutely hate it. I can think of half a dozen ways to commit voter fraud on a massive scale without even breaking a sweat. It's going to be hard to stop. That's something, though. How many people were aware of that? Very, very few. Um, And it's gotten no attention that I'm aware of. You know, the idea of making it effortless for anybody to vote anywhere in any way and get that uh, ballot to the the polls um, sounds great. It sounds great. There are reasons... There was a tiny little hurdle to vote before. It enabled us to figure out who's who and whether they ought to be voting. We got a couple of texts from people who say they're familiar with the idea of helping old people vote. That's something that they do for, for the older crowd. If oh, you sure. Need Busing help, people to the polls is old. If you yeah. need help filling this out, we can do this for you. Yeah. Okay. I'm a for, a, for a test. I've always have been for a test with a couple of simple questions. And you don't get to vote unless you can answer the uh, the questions. It's got a rough history, as you know. Huh? That, that is, Poll tests. It's like an argument we had earlier about whether or not numbering people is being like Hitler. No, it's just a handy way to organize things. 
If you use it the way Hitler did, that's bad. If you use it the way they did it in the South to keep blacks from voting, that's bad. But if you use it the way I want to use it, just to make sure people are at least dimly aware of what's going on in the world. I'm not a number. Damn it, I'm a man. Bob Seger, 1980. I could have the year wrong. Sue me. How about two questions? Or collect my ballot and fill it out for me. What? Two questions. Who are the current president and vice president? Name the three branches of government. Maybe who's the governor of your state? Mm. Those, those, th- those three questions. I mean, I like that's it. pretty damn basic. I like it. If you can't answer it, if you don't take the time to even learn that, I'm with you. No voting. I'm with you. How many states? How about that? Good one. I mean, just unbelievably simple stuff. But there are a lot of people. We, we, we joke about this every year. Everybody does. Jimmy Kimmel does. There's lots of people that couldn't answer those questions. Right. Those people should not have a role in anything. Correct. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience. Um, that went well. So let's do a vote. I mean, a uh, uh, a total, a money total for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station coming up. Figure out where we are. Maybe we ought to set a little goal. And what the Mueller report, because some people think it's going to come out this week. Some people think it's going to come out in the middle of the summer. But when it does come out, what's it going to be and what's it not going to be is worth knowing. Alan Dershowitz, professor of Harvard Law, wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A startup in San Francisco has developed a way to make an aged whiskey in just 24 hours. They just put the whiskey in a bottle and put the bottle in front of CNN. (laughs) I get it. CNN's audience is old. Is that the joke? Or it'll age you. It'll wear you out. Yeah, I, I took it as the, the Chicken Little reportage is just, it'll age you quick. Oh, okay, gotcha. That's, Every, uh, that's wow, that's a brave joke in that it's really subtle, I think. Huh. We're not trying to be subtle with this. We want to raise a lot of money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. In fact, we want to raise $300,000. We've been uh, involved with them for uh, quite a while now, and uh, you can't hardly find a better organization anywhere in the country. Um, and a whole bunch of ways, and you're going to learn more about that coming up later this hour. Long story short, uh, when when guys, gals are wounded and really hurting and really, really needing help, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station is there for them physically, emotionally, transitioning to their adult life. Uh, and everybody's a volunteer. And more than 94% of every dollar goes directly to the people. Their overhead's incredibly low. Nobody's making any money. And they, they are really doing God's work. We're going to talk to a Purple Heart recipient later this hour about uh, what Warrior Foundation and Freedom Station have meant in his life. But let's get a little total now, see where we are in this whole thing. Gladys, nice drum roll. Thank you. And we are at $58,829. Okay. Close, closing in on sixty grand. It's fabulous. Yeah, Thanks, everybody who's given. It's pretty easy to give at armstrongandgetty.com. Marshall did it in, in honor of his dad yesterday. Said it took him a couple of minutes is all. We make it as easy and quick as possible. And I like the idea of you podcast thieves. You know, figure out what you'd be willing to spend per month. Then multiply that by 12 to yeah. get the podcast because it's now free because we're stupid. You um, knock food out of my children's mouths. Right. And every they, day. And they cry. Uh, so figure out what do you think is fair. And instead of giving it to us, give it to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Go to armstrongandgetty.com.
And listen, if you're a rich guy, give a lot of money. You're a rich gal? Come on. Give it up. You're struggling these days. We totally get it. Five bucks, ten bucks. It's appreciated, and it's it's a way to serve your country yourself. Jack's kids come up to him saying, Dad, please, just one more bowl of cereal. Please, Dad. And Jack says, no, the podcasters steal too much. Right. right. And so you're hungry. We can't well, afford to buy any more cereal, son. Um, so this was in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. Daddy and Uncle Joe are stupid. <laughs> uh, went and got the Christmas tree yesterday. Went very well. Well, it's, that's a fun oh. time. Oh, it's the best. It is the best. I was, oh. I was thinking that doing that, you, you get, I don't know how many years of this age where they're old enough to do it and too young to, or still young enough to, for it to be magical, but just so freaking fantastic. I'm telling you, I miss it so much. We, we, we ride around in this little sleigh thing. That they drive you around through the oh, forest. That's and, uh, great. And there's popcorn and cider and, and uh, hay bales and just stuff. And, and then we go cut down the tree. And they each always want to cut down the tree. And they try it for like 30 seconds each and give up. And then I cut down the tree. Plenty. And almost have a, a heart attack. Oh, that's beautiful. I said, I said to Laura at one point, I said, uh, I hope they can cut down a little more so I don't have an H.A. right here in the middle of all the... <laughs> The trees. That's not the usual sort of abbreviation you use around kids, you know. Hey, are we going to go to the uh, you know the P A R K later? Or what do you do? Is it saw or axe? What do you what is saw? It? Okay, that's saw. Axe, Jiminy. They cut rough. the tree for you. Uh, I think they will if you want them to, but I'm not going to do that. Nah, okay, you're well, a manly man. That's cool. I didn't think they'd let you cut the trees anymore, to be honest with you. I thought reliability that they would have to come out and do it for you. Yeah, be- I am pretty surprised a number of things that happen at this place, and it's old-timey. It's been there forever, and I'm I'm thinking that they're, thank God, not up to the modern standards on being scared of being sued with everything, which will end those kind of things. I would imagine if things continue on the same trajectory, a Christmas tree farm just won't be able to exist anymore. My kids are age 19 to 26 at this point, though Jack and I are the same age. I had mine early. He's having his now. Um, and uh, first couple of years we went to the Christmas tree farm, they let me bring my chainsaw and just cut down the trees. Awesome. And it you know takes 30 seconds. But then year three, I think it was, we showed up and they said, I'm sorry, sir, you got to put that back in the car. Because the we're lawyers, ruining America. The lawyers told us you can't use that anymore. I'm like, I'm a grown man. It's my chainsaw. Right. Obviously, I've assumed the risk by buying the blank and blanker but no they couldn't which i understand it's yeah, not but, their fault but joe these were artificial trees <laughs> well that 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 was the other reason they didn't want my chainsaw in, in the sears <laughs> uh alan dershowitz yesterday in the wall street journal he's the uh, professor of harvard law uh special counsel robert Mueller is likely to wrap up his investigation soon he says i don't know what soon means and issue a confidential report to the Attorney General. It's important to understand the legal status of such a report and how it should be released and evaluated. I want you to know this for when it drops, which could be today for all we know. First and foremost, because it is the report of a prosecutor, it will it will inevitably be one-sided. Prosecutors pick the witnesses they present to a grand jury. Defense lawyers are not allowed to appear with their clients or to present witnesses who might contradict the prosecutor's case. Prosecutors need not provide exculpatory evidence, even if they are aware of it. Got to keep that in mind. At Nor this stage, right? When, 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 yeah, when, when Mueller's report comes right. out, yeah. he, he didn't. I, for some reason, I was thinking this is what he's doing. He's just trying to get the whole truth. No, he's trying to get the truth that gets Trump. Right. And he can so ignore stuff. He, he could, ha- he could have um, a, a witness somewhere that would contradict something, as Dershowitz says, and leave that out. Right. He's allowed to do that. The document will go after Trump to the extent that he's looking at Trump and the campaign. He's also looking at Russia in general, right? 
Uh, the special counsel need not interview witnesses who might contradict their narrative. That is why it is generally considered unfair for prosecutors to issue reports. Normally, prosecutors announce only that the subject has been indicted or not without further comment. Special counsels are permitted and sometimes required to issue reports. Um, what uh, Dershowitz w- says wants the public to keep in mind and hopefully the government to keep in mind that Mueller should turn this over to the acting attorney general who should then uh, release it to the White House. The White House should then be able to provide a defense, Mm -hmm. which could take a long time, and nothing should leak out. The media should not be running with the prosecutor's side of the case before Trump gets to issue his defense. Right. Yeah, What do you think is the chance of that happening? I really don't know. Mueller's said to be an honorable guy. I I, I don't know. And Trump's people aren't going to leak it, you wouldn't think. I need to collect more evidence. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, plans for Bush Sr.'s funeral coming together. We now know who has been invited to speak. The president back on Twitter with praise and scorn for former associates. And the millennials killing spree continues. We have the latest victim coming up. Oh, boy. Millennials killing off businesses right and left. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Finishing up the column by law professor Dershowitz in the Wall Street Journal about the Mueller report, it's not difficult for a prosecutor to construct an incriminating narrative if there's no contemporaneous rebuttal. The president's lawyer should file a request now with the Justice Department for an opportunity to review and respond to the Mueller report before it is released to the public or Congress. And the department should grant that reasonable request. I wonder by what... uh reasoning you would request that P- political fairness the the health of the republic well but fairness uh, you know you might make the argument that you'd be poisoning the jury pool but you're not convicted or punished by anything in the report it then moves into the justice system where you have all sorts of rights and protections so oh, come on I, but it would take, I agree with you, you and have, i agree with dershowitz i'm just would, wondering what the reasoning would there be. would be months maybe certainly weeks of the media getting to run with a one-sided story. Sure. That's no good. That'd be sucko. That's no good for anybody. There's no way you can defend that regardless of who's the president. Your Honor, I'm asking for a writ of sucko. Because <laughs> it would be if this report came out and we couldn't respond. Yeah. Be interesting to see. Fascinating historical note from Tim the Lawyer, Tim Sandifer, yeah. about vote harvesting. Tim's going to be our guest later on in the in the show. Right. Uh, talking about a big win at the Supreme Court. But I will uh, talk to you about the what Tim said about vote harvesting in a couple of minutes. It has a historical precedent, and it was ended by progressives who despised it and thought it was terrible and corrupt. Interesting. Um, we're going to talk to a Purple Heart recipient who's benefited greatly from Warrior Foundation Freedom Station coming up in just a little bit, and it's going to make you want to give money or even more money. So stay tuned. Right now, the news with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump's going to be holding a private meeting with the Bush family today, leading up to George H.W. Bush's funeral. That'll be at the Washington National Cathedral tomorrow. Trump is going to be meeting with the Bushes at Blair House, the presidential guest house right across from the White House on Pennsylvania Avenue. Yesterday, Nixon didn't speak at LBJ's funeral, for instance, memorial service. Okay. There are just other examples. Of right. It. The last several funerals, the current president has spoken, but it's not always been that way. So it's not crazy that Trump's not speaking at this Right. Funeral. Yeah, tomorrow at the state funeral, as you just mentioned, Trump will not be speaking. Bush will be eulogized by his son, former President George W. Bush. 
The former Canadian Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, former Senator Alan Simpson, who apparently became a close friend to Bush. Simpson, eh? And presidential historian John Meacham, who was uh, Bush's biographer. Right. John Meacham uh, couldn't speak more highly of H.W. Yep. yep. That sounds like a good lineup. Yep. Meanwhile, President Trump went off on another round of Twitter attacks yesterday. Twitter attacks and praise. First off, he blasted his former attorney, Michael Cohen, who cut a deal with prosecutors in the Mueller investigation. (laughs) Trump tweeting, quote, Michael Cohen asked judge for no prison time? You mean he can do all of the terrible, unrelated to Trump things having to do with fraud, big loans, taxis, etc., and not serve a long prison term? He makes up stories to get a great and already reduced deal for himself and get his wife and father-in-law, who has the money, off scot-free. He lied for this outcome and should, in my opinion, serve a full and complete sentence. And your question is? (laughs) (laughs) That's not something presidents usually do. Says who? Says who? Says most people, really. Well, you got it. You do have to wonder if Cohen would make crap up to stay out of jail. He's certainly the kind of guy who would. Yes. And your question is, Mike? Did you make stuff up? Not to be such a, (laughs) not to be such a Dershowitz fanboy, which I clearly am. But as he said, sometimes people sing. When pressed, sometimes they compose, and he may have composed. I love that line. <laughs> uh, some uh, some new information that doesn't what exist. What do you want to hear? Yeah, what what do I have to tell you right. that's going to get me out of jail? On the other hand, Roger Stone is also being investigated by Mueller over whether he had advanced knowledge of WikiLeaks' plans to release the hacked Democratic emails, has said he'd never testify against Trump. Trump responding in a tweet yesterday to that. I will never testify against Trump. This statement was recently made by Roger Stone, essentially stating he will not be forced by a rogue and out-of-control prosecutor to make up lies and stories about President Trump. Nice to know that some people still have guts. End of tweet. Now the tweet... Roger Stone, father of Sly Stone and Sharon Stone. Now Did the... you know that? Founder of Rolling Stone. Now the tweets have led some to suggest Trump is... In trying to improperly influence witnesses in the Russia investigation. Yeah, good Lord. And that is the debate going on this morning over whether or not that's what he was trying to do. I've been tired of hearing about this every day for the last two years. Oh, I, I, I would like when it fi- I, I will be more than willing to talk about it at long length yes. when, when the report finally comes out. Um, but to speculate and all that sort of stuff. Are we about to go into some sort of like turbo level this January 20th when the Democrats take power? Well, at least it won't be speculation. Or are you talking about the investigation-a-thon that is sure to uh, unravel? Unroll? Yes. Yes is the answer. Yes. Gird your loins. (laughs) Or stock up your liquor cabinet or however you deal with that sort of thing. Latest on the list of things millennials have killed, canned tuna. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Yes. You youthful <laughs> sons of birches. I find this hilarious. A lot of the things the millennials have killed off needed to get killed off. What? No, I'm a tuna man. I do like canned like tuna. Like my father yes. before me. I do yes. like canned tuna, but... I, I eat tuna d- damn near every day. We got a, like we got a text from a millennial last week right. that said, My grandparents used to eat liver and onions. Your generation killed that off. I'm grateful. <laughs> I think millennials are doing similar things to some things like bedspreads. Did bedspreads need to continue? No. They are a lovely covering for a bed. And what are you going to do with your tuna? Bag it? Are you going to box it? No, you must can it. The Wall Street Journal reporting just 30% of people 18 to 34 bought canned tuna recently. <laughs> but it's the chicken of the sea. 
This is compared to almost 50% of people over 55 who buy canned tuna. I get a can of tuna mixed with some pickles and mayonnaise. That's oh, a good sandwich right on. there. Come on. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's that millennials don't like canned tuna because of the way it smells and their preference to eat fresher. You mean, you mean like cat food? Bunch of little babies. <laughs> you don't like cat food. Open the can, slap it on a cracker, <laughs> choke it down. We realize we don't have to eat the chicken of the sea. There's plenty of land chickens that are delicious that we can eat just Fine. But they're crammed into tiny cages and have no rights. That's right. Those that's hands aren't too big. Keep f***ing <laughs> that chicken. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, those chickens are blanked, all right. Uh, conscience of the nation. You know what? That's Mo- not a chicken. That's a bird of freedom there. M- Millennial Sean stuck his tongue out in, in, in fake retching at the sound of tuna with mayonnaise and pickles. But it made me so hungry, I'm going to stop and get a can on the way home. Yeah, I know. It's fabulous. God, that's good stuff. Coming up, we'll talk to uh, one of the many, many people who's benefited from Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, talk about the programs they have and the beautiful uh, things they do for our fighting men and women just when they need it the most. Oh, yeah. You talk about a great organization and a chance to give back during a season when we're all spending a lot of money on ourselves. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. Armstrong and Getty Show. Got this text. I'm going to pick up a can of tuna on the way home myself. Hashtag me too. That's not, that's not oh. what the hashtag me yeah, too is you for. you misunderstood <laughs> that whole thing. Oh, I need to get to the baby it's cold outside controversy. That classic yeah, Christmas the, tune. The rapey Christmas song. So, but it's not. The and social justice warriors are wrong, as usual, about that. I will explain why, and I will change your mind if the you Bill are. The Cosby okay. Christmas song. Oh, boy. Stop it. So we're raising money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Uh, you'll understand a lot better what it is in just a moment or two. Um, they are absolutely doing God's work when our service people need it the most. And Perry Price joins us. Perry uh, was in the Army for a number of years and was ready to reenlist when his story took a bit of a turn. But, hey, Perry, welcome. How are you, sir? Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure, uh, indeed. So, listen, you're about to re-enlist, and, and the doctors did the old uh, once-over, and what'd they tell you? Well, um, it was like, right, when I, when as soon as I started to re-enlist, I just re-enlisted, and everything took a turn. Um, they found a little lump on the back of my right leg, and it came out to be osteosarcoma bone cancer. Yeah, and so I lost my right leg. Above the knee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, there are so many Vietnam-era vets who've had problems with cancer and other things that it's, you know, it's sometimes tough to nail down what caused what. Sure. But So there you are serving the country, and you have a terrible problem. You lose your leg. And can you talk a little bit about where that left you personally, you know, emotionally, in terms of uh, just the progress of your life? Yeah, um... It left me in a place where I was just picking up the pieces, trying to find, trying to piece back my life, trying to figure out what's next, what's going to happen, where am I going to, where's I'm, where am I going to go, how am I going to transition, uh, you know, it just, I just really didn't know. Things kind of spiraled out of control a little bit. I just mentally, emotionally, physically, psychologically, financially, I was just trying to figure out how am I going to piece this thing back together, 
And um, I I was just in that you know in that little in that little pocket in that little place right there trying to figure out how life was going to take me next. Where was life going to take me next? Yeah, that sounds like a pretty dark place. So, what did Warrior Foundation Freedom Station do for you in the two months that you were there? You know, it provided me so many opportunities, um, helped me transition. You know, you go from that place from coming out of the hospital, coming through uh, physical therapy, and then you find yourself in that place where transition is so key and so important. And I found my place, found myself in that place, and where the Word Foundation came in is is that it's helping me transition into the next chapter of my life. Okay, how am I going to take? Okay, I've been through the cancer. I, I left. I lost my right leg, and so now what's next? And so the Word Foundation has just been so awesome in just helping me transition, helping me get that, helping me live my best life, helping me get my life back on track, get my life together, and help me piece the puzzle, take the pieces of my life, put them together and transition back into regular life. And we've talked to a lot of guys like you, Perry, who've, who've had you know at least somewhat similar experiences where they're, they're a soldier, and they're into it, and they know who they are, and they're strong, and they're young. Then all of a sudden, your life is just thrown totally upside down. You're dealing with the physical stuff, the emotional stuff, the medical stuff, um, and, and it's just it's an incredibly difficult space, particularly as a young man. And what Warrior Foundation does for you guys is just fantastic. And, and you know, one of the big questions, what am I going to do now? Who am I if I'm not a soldier? But you, you're pretty far down the road answering that question for yourself, as I understand it. Yes. You know, I, you know it, I told myself I had to just stop for a second, you know, um, gather up the pieces, you know, put my put my plan together. Um, but it's been taking the perseverance, you know, and it's like the Warren Foundation has just been so helpful. The resources, the the volunteers, they you know, it it's one it's one thing to go through it by yourself, but then when you have an organization and you have individuals that are willing to contribute, continue um, that are willing to offer their help in hand. And I mean it comes from just various different um, from the volunteers to the staff, through um, everybody working together, you know, it's kind of that, it's like that wheel in a sense, like everybody doing their part, helping that one one guy that that soldier get his life back together. We know you're we know you're a member of the uh, Wolf Pack wheelchair yes. basketball team that Warrior yes, Foundation has, and uh, and we've talked to a whole bunch of guys over the years, and how important that is to once again to be part of a team and get mm-hmm. to do something that, you know, it's got a physical competitive component and everything like that, and that's just that's just awesome. And, and another reason right now for you to go to armstrongandgetty.com and donate to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. How you like playing for the Wolfpack, Perry? It's amazing. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't be more happy to be um, with an amazing group of guys. I mean, you're you talking about rehabilitation. You're talking about getting your life back on track. When you got other guys... Um, just being able to be there, working together, hand-in-hand, sharing stories, picking one another up. You know, it's like, I I believe sports is just like life. You know what I mean? And it takes all of us. It takes everybody together doing their part. And just being a part of the Wolfpack, it's just been amazing. It's been amazing. Well, I tell you what, Perry, you've done a beautiful, beautiful job of explaining Warrior Foundation, Freedom Station, a lot of what they do to the folks. And we appreciate you taking a couple of minutes. Um, And and we'll see you in a couple days for the Radiothon, huh? Yes, sir. All right, Listen terrific. Thanks, man. Great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's Appreciate our pleasure. It. Yeah, you got it. And and listen, that 
you got an idea of the range of services and help when it's needed the most. But the long and short of it is Warrior Foundation Freedom Station comes through with anything these guys need. Sandy Lemkuler, we talked to yesterday, tells a great story about how uh, these Marines would be uh, hurt, hit by IEDs, have their leg blasted off, whatever, and they'd be in formation in, in, in running shoes because they couldn't get their boots on over their prosthetics. And it was it, it pisses a Marine off not to look like a Marine. And so Sandy scratched her head and was thinking about it, and they found a boot manufacturer who made regulation Marine boots that you could fashion with Velcro so these guys could get them over their prosthetics. And, and feel like Marines during the active duty part of their life. And talking about electric razors for guys with prosthetics because it's tougher to wield a, like a tiny little handled safety razor, that sort of thing. Just everything. And God, they're doing miracles. And everybody's a volunteer. And we've been at Freedom Station and uh, talked to a, a bunch of people. And I've got a brother who's uh, been in combat situations. And people who have been in those situations, for the most, most part, and it's just been true throughout history, can't talk to people who haven't been in those situations. They just, it's really difficult to do. And so here's a chance for these, uh, the, these people, men and women, to get together. And there's people they can talk to who have similar experiences so they can talk to them. And so it's been really helpful. They now recognize, as uh, hopefully the whole country is recognizing, that these invisible injuries also are part of the deal. And they have people at Freedom Station that their injury is PTSD. And um, that's that's a real war injury. There's no doubt about it. And they're around people that they can actually talk to because they're not going to talk to people like me about it. And I, I can understand why. Right. I, I, I can't relate. So, listen, we need you to give what you can give uh, comfortably or somewhat uncomfortably. Maybe it's 20 bucks. Times are tight. That's fine. Totally respect that. Maybe things are great for you and you can give 100, 500, 1,000 bucks, multi-thousands as as some people have done. Uh Whatever you can do. And trust us, we we research the heck out of all this stuff. They pinch pennies like crazy at Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Over 94% of the money goes directly to programs. Their overhead is less than 6%, and nobody makes any money. Everybody's a volunteer. So go to armstrongandgetty.com right now. Armstrongandgetty.com. If you have any weird computer glitch and you can't make it work, email us. We'll 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 figure it out for you because we want to make sure everybody gives who can. We'll do a total when we come back um, in a little bit. But we're trying to raise $300,000 this week. That's a pretty ambitious number. That's a lot of money. But uh, So stay tuned for that. And feel like you're doing something good, not just spending money on yourself and getting fatter. Right. Or spoiling your spoiled, spoiled children. So the baby (laughs) it's cold outside controversy. Going to deconstruct it for you. It's an unchallenged narrative in our social justice warrior world, and it's silly. Joe standing up for the Bill Cosby Christmas song. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.